Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show And this week's guest, Rose Johnson. Can I ask, are you on a Google Chrome browser? Absolutely. Oh, God. I can't believe I ever doubted you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm nothing if not prepared. I just, I just completely mansplained you there, didn't I? I've, I know, I've no. I just looked straight down my nose at quivering little Rosie. I go, Ugh, do you even know how this machine works? Um, I would say that's not mansplaining. That's now um, you're womansplaining. What mansplaining which, is which, to which, a man, which, which is fine. <laughs> womansplaining yeah. is fine. That's just explaining. <laughs> <laughs> explaining to a to a bell end. Yeah. What you're doing is actually charitable. What I was doing was just sheer Trumpian entitlement. Here comes another horrible yeah. noise. Going to shut the window. Oh, it's sort of. Yeah, that was quite abrupt. Quite aggressive. Yeah, there was an ominous silence after that as well, where I thought, "Has he fallen out of it?" <laughs> yeah, straight through it. Can you imagine? What an opener! Here's here's an here's a question for you: Would you still put out the podcast? Um, would would you? Here's a question for you: Would you fill in for me? Going okay, so it looks like we've lost Nico there out the window. <laughs> uh, but I'm uh, Rose Johnson, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep things ticking over for now. I'm sure he'll be back with us soon. Sounds like he may have broken his neck. But uh, let me just tell you a little bit about me, and then we'll we'll keep you up to date with what's going on. It does now look like there is an ambulance arriving. We'll keep the you know like they have to on the news yeah. when or, or like on a on a football when it goes on too long or like one of those weird. Yeah, and the answer is yeah. Yeah, you I would. would. Yeah, I think you yeah. nail it as well. Consummate professional. I was once in a one-woman play. I didn't write it. I, uh, it was one of those things. Shan't do it again afterwards, but um, really, well, yeah, you need more than one woman, it turns out. <laughs> um, but I was in this one woman play, and it was entirely based around 
like a projector and a, a, a sort of presentation. Right. And in one of the shows, it was at the Fringe, one of the shows, the um, projector bulb blew 10 minutes in. Oh, shit house. And I just carry, I did carry on. Just, and I just think after that, oh, shit. you just think, well, yeah, it doesn't matter if someone falls out of a window during a podcast, I can do anything. But did did that mean that the things that were supposed to be displayed on a screen were now not on the screen? Uh, exactly, you've got it in one. Fucking hell! So what did you? So how I, did you cope with that? Okay, t- to add into the mix, imagine if you will that the whole play was in a Canadian accent. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was having to, so I was having to improvise and having to be like, okay, so this is where they were. Would, usually be a slide saying you know this stuff and then i'd sort of have to talk through it and did it add to the vibe sort of cruci- no oh, no there God, was a reviewer in two stars oh no but i would say yeah it wasn't good because also there was i hadn't really thought f- sort of forward into the play enough that there was a crucial moment like where the slides went wrong in in the play, oh, written into that... the play and it got there and I was like oh what am I gonna yeah okay so if you can imagine that this what's already gone wrong was like a the version of it going right but going yeah. wrong now it's the bit where it's going wrong on purpose and I know that this is this probably feels like it's even more wrong but actually what's happening is in my head this is still going right but please don't leave. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't good. Oh shit! And you got reviewed. That's that's harsh reviewing you. Well, they should have just known. Like, do you know what? Is, I'll come back another day. Have, they might not have realised it was. Uh, you know, it wasn't. It was like not meant to happen. Oh my god! So, in a weird way, you get in a terrible review. This this mad woman just pretends that she's got a projector that works and just rattles on in a way yeah. that's like the best acting you've ever done exactly totally naturalistic you can't fucking win can you no you can't fucking win with them lot but yeah i would say that was quite a bleak edinburgh because i was obviously doing my comedy show as well with oh. beating camille birthday girls acclaimed sketch group and <laughs> then every afternoon i would just have to go and do this really depressing play for an hour in a canadian accent See, I've always... Do you know the worst thing about because the you know when you're in sh- like a sort of quite shit show at the fringe, yep, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, boy. Didn't Do I know that? Did that? <laughs> Notch. But, but but like having had a sketch comedy background, it's like well, the, yeah, it doesn't matter. The funny thing about it is when there's loads of you and it's you know yeah. what I mean. You can and all you share it. You move on it, to but... the next idea as well. It's like, oh well, yeah, that didn't but work. But hey, well, look at this. Ev- is that a dinosaur I can see? And then you're off, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh no, this one's shit too. But um, like, it's just quite depressing if you're in your cha- dressing room every day, which is in like you know uh, the storage room of a jury's in hotel. Oh god. And you're just That's there the by yourself. The saddest few words I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. Say it again. And you're by the yourself. storage room <laughs> of a jury's in hotel. I just immediately had like a, um, a really quick montage in my head of all the disappointing kind of really bland plastic panels and crap fucking yeah, snacks. Yeah, and now, and... 
okay, and now imagine that. Yeah. And then imagine it's just me yeah. getting into my sad little costume, but oh, surrounded yeah. by the cast of Who Done It, the improvised murder mystery, who are having the time of their sweet lives, being such lovies, and I want them all dead. And for are real, they... not on stage. <laughs> and are they like, have they just come off? from like a successful yeah, hour before they, you so yeah every day they've come off and they're talking <laughs> it's like fucking groundhog like, day yeah and they're talking every day like they have just put on the greatest show on earth yeah. but the things they are saying for me are not matching up with the level of excitement that they are conveying them with really so what are yeah. they are they exaggerating are they pretending yeah. that it's better than it is well, no, I think they genuinely believe yeah. it's better than it is. But listen, it, this is just me being an absolute bitch early doors, but it's like, I, Please I, do. I don't want an um, improvised murder mystery. I, I prefer someone to have a crack at writing it first. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I guess, you know, the the it, it's arguably you could say, oh, you know, mystery by its essence is something we don't know what it is. So maybe we should just not know what it is. It's like, yeah, but good mysteries are because someone clever's worked out what it is. <laughs> and popped in a few great red herrings. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's time to kill the red herring and that can be the victim, like we've killed the red herring. No one I will swear, ever know that because that's the mystery. Yeah, but won't I this just be crap? some days that is the kind of shit they were saying and I was like oh my God. looking at them truly murderously. Did you ever fall out with them or say like, uh, no. Yeah, tomorrow, could you kind of, like, wrap up? Seeing as you're improvising, could you maybe improvise on time to, like, finish? Uh, no, my preferred uh, MO was to uh, act as though I was invisible and they were invisible. Oh, I that's... just never acknowledged them. Oh, wow. I got in, got dressed, got out. It didn't smell good in there as well, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. Oh god, I could briefly I could smell it then, you know, like you get a smell flashback. Yeah. Sort of a musty vinegary. Yeah. A deep a deep umami <laughs> and cleaning product smell. Yeah, like oh god. Well, there's plenty it's of those types up there. It's making me feel really spooky actually, just taking me back there. All right. Well, I I won't let you flounder on your own in in <laughs> dramatic misery. Because my one and only um, little sniff there from Rose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have you got a little snotty Sorry. nose? Sorry, I had a cold. Have you got? <laughs> have yeah. you got one no- one nostril that keeps doing a little bubble? Um. <laughs> t- to be honest, it's still sort of on both. All right. Sorry okay. to say. That's all right. We'll go with that. But go on. But I like this because it's sort of I can make it. I in my head it sounds like you're just a bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like so what I'm I might do yeah. I'm gonna I'm now yeah. gonna like process a bunch of sad stuff and it'll just it'll make me feel better because it sounds like you care so okay, we'll start yeah, yeah, good. we'll start on there. we'll start on some Edinburgh sadness uh, always welcome now a lot of this is in my head as in I will overthink or over worry or talk myself out of or have like a cyclical confidence wrestling match with myself. And yeah, so again, certainly very, with... Very okay with that. Yeah, exactly right. But more with whenever I try to do any form of live comedy than anything else. 
I'm kind okay. of all right. I feel all right. And you could, if the phone rang tomorrow and it was like, you're not going to believe this, fucking Steven Spielberg needs you tomorrow for a writing room. I'm not saying I wouldn't be nervous or that it'd be easy to sleep, but I would walk in there like a fucking champion boxer and I would sit down and I'd be like, hey, this is great. Love your work. What are we doing? And I would be fine. Yeah. There's just something, there's something in me that goes, the only way to get through this is to really style it out. You belong here. You're fine, right? Now, yeah. if you said to me, listen, uh, you know, you're doing a show with birthday girls. We've got a couple of other acts on. Um, you did that thing a while back we saw. We quite like that. Have you still got that? Could you get up and do that again? And it's like dusting off a bit where I've like written a character, that which means yeah. I'm now committing to saying this character is funny and the words that he is saying are funny in that order, I will be a fucking nervous wreck before that. Yeah. It, I really, I really never got, I never got comfortable and I know I didn't do the yards. Is, I did not do the yards. The, do you think that it's because there's the pretty much immediate sort of review slash evaluation of what you've done in that there is laughter or there is not laughter? Well, it must Whereas be that. A, yeah, because if you're in a writer's room, you know, there's still a possibility you can pitch something shit. Yeah, Again, everyone knows. Very, yeah, yeah, very but... familiar with this. Yeah. But overall, you're like, I, I think, but once, you know, you're, you're, overall, you're like, you know, on balance, well, yeah. I think I can come up with some good stuff. Whereas on stage, you don't really have time to prove that. Well, and also, you... if you've, if they, if they make a decision sort of in the first couple of minutes, it's like, yeah, no, you're right, not, actually, because you in a writer's room, whoever's in there, like however amazing everyone is around you, you can always say not this, but and then you could say an idea, yeah. which you're basically saying, I'm not saying this is a great idea. I'm just saying it's an idea and I'm confident enough to put yeah. it forward. But you can't we, really do that on stage. You can't go, right. Hi, everyone. <laughs> right. OK, right. So not this, not this. What if I started by saying this? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anyone do that. I don't know whether that would work. It's kind of uh, something quite funny about it. It's made me laugh. <laughs> it's quite funny. But I think right. maybe it's only funny to us because it's meta and we know, whereas I think the audience would be like, just tell us your fucking jokes. Yeah, I know, you're right. It, this probably make a good sketch about being nervous about doing comedy. Uh, someone, yeah, having an actual, yeah. Sh an hour show called Not This, but... Which which the whole idea is that you haven't really thought Not about this it yet. This is really funny, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. Not along these lines, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny, but again, it, I reckon that's funny to us, but it would just be terrifying for an audience to watch you standing there going, I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing, because well, even improv well, is like poker face. Yeah, audiences, comedy audiences do not want to see a single chink of self-doubt, unless, yeah, unless it is kind of confidently presented as long as that as a topic you can talk about self-doubt you can yeah but they do not want to see somebody it's the mass who slipping, clearly doesn't have confidence in themselves whereas in a writer's room actually it's sort of the reverse like you sort of you don't want somebody who's obviously crippled with self-doubt but you ought but in a writer's room actually you do want somebody who is a bit more like yeah you know, I, I don't think all my ideas... You don't, you don't want someone in a writer's room that's like, this is the greatest fucking thing anyone's ever come exactly. up with. Exactly. You're saying. right, actually. The energy... Whereas on stage, yeah. you sort of do, because you trust them. 
the energy in a good writing room is I might not be the best one here, but here's a thing. And then everyone laughs and you go, oh, yeah, maybe I am the best one here. But then, <laughs> but then well, someone else says something and then you all laugh at that. Part of the laugh that you do is just laughing at what they're saying, but it's also going, oh, thank God it's not me trying to be the best one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, I, I I worked out once. I don't understand how, the, how I managed to even do this much, but I think in in total... I don't think I did more than about 70 or 80 gigs ever. But That's still quite a lot. It's still quite a lot, but it was always like losing confidence in what I was doing and then doing a new thing and then going, oh, maybe I'll, I'll be observational and then going, oh, no, 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 after like three or four gigs and then getting on to one bit that was like 10 minutes and trying to hone that and then I'd lose confidence in that. and like So basically I ended up starting and not finishing, which is classic me anyway, a bunch Same. of a bunch of kind of attempts at something and the the furthest any of them ever got was the one time I did go to Edinburgh which was 2015 and when I think back now I think I bottled it from from following the original idea which actually could have worked but I let a couple of preview gigs made me lose faith in it and I sort of cut it in half and then just did one character because the the original idea and I'm not saying it was any good, but I think I still should have tried it. I had a football hooligan character from like Nottingham or Derby called Paul Le Shark. And he was all like, he came on and he was all like, he was a bit like Danny Dyer or something, like just talking about like just a buzz, isn't it? You know, like on a, what else are you going to do on a Saturday and all that? So he's basically justifying being violent. And there's a load of jokes where he tries to sound like he likes himself but gives away that actually he's a bit ashamed of himself and he wishes he saw yeah. his kid and all this, right? Lovely. So. Yeah. I know I could have written that character well for sketches and whatever, but just couldn't quite get in out of second gear in confidence with him. But the the second yeah. the second half of the show was going to be, and when I think about it, I think I, maybe I set off to do an hour and then ended up sharing sharing an hour with Annie McGrath, right? Mm. And we were both just doing. We just ended up saying work in progress. So which was basically me letting myself off the hook, having to really figure out what I was doing. So. The original idea for the show was the first half, I can't remember which way round it was, but just for sake of argument, the first half was this kind of like confident, cocky, violent football hooligan who drops a couple of hints along the way that he never saw his dad. And then half time would come and then the second half would be this sort of older, drunk, pisshead character who tries to basically tell the story of how he's a bit of a maverick and he's always run away from his problems, but then he secretly kind of would slowly reveal that he regrets having left his son, which basically was was like putting a different frame on my own story, which was like not knowing my dad ever, and then yeah. and then and then my dad uh, in two thousand and nine, I found out he died, and I was processing that. So like whatever this is like four or five years later I guess I thought there was a I thought there was a a two a, you know a one man two hander if you like to be made yeah. out of what is the effect on both a father and a son who've not had a relationship and now they've ended up like this one of them's a knobhead and the other one's That's a drunk. That's really interesting. Did you ever see that show? Um, also, can I just check? Mm. I'm not recording my end. No, that's Should fine. I've I got be? you. I've got you. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Did you ever see that show, uh, which 
would have been a bit before that actually probably called no son of mine oh yeah the, the, it was the title it, rings a bell rings a bell yeah it, it was rufus jones and alex kirk who's they're both brilliant actors oh yeah they they're both this, mates of mine yeah yeah they did this two-hander in edinburgh that was it and it was like this two-hander sketch show right that quickly deteriorated and then there was a reveal uh, part way in that that you know and it was like the tensions between this double act partner you know these double acts they couldn't and then and then it was revealed part way in yeah that they were father and son oh wow and it became this really you know yeah really interesting deep because it was i just remember it being so funny yeah as like the sketch show and, and the, the, their banter you know yeah. the classic double act not getting on yeah. not agreeing on and then it degenerating into this yet yeah, even funnier kind of father-son relationship thing and then i think i feel like it was quite moving as well like yeah. so what i'm saying is mm. that idea yeah i, I lost confidence in it i didn't i've literally seen it yeah I've literally seen people commit to that idea. Yeah. And it was fantastic. Yeah. So you should, ha- what I'm saying is you should have more confidence. You should have confidence. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I know, I know that I, d- I, I, like I said, I stayed in second gear. And then as soon as I did, uh, I did, um, a preview down at, in Bloomsbury, that place that's under that church. Can't remember what it's yeah. called. Do you know where I mean? Where there's auditions. Yes. Oh no no! Museum Do of you Comedy. Mean the it might Museum be. of Comedy. Yeah, I'm thinking. It. Yeah, I was initially thinking of the American Church where they do. I've been for some absolutely terrible auditions because oh, they yeah. always do musical, musical yeah, yeah. theatre auditions there. So you're waiting to go in and do your like yeah. sitcom audition, and then there's someone like belting out mm. like as long as he needs me next door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Museum of Comedy. Yeah, another church-based venue. Yeah, it's like a cool little comedy club in like a. You sort of go through the crypt, don't yeah, you? Yeah, it's really, it's really charming. It's in really there. cool, but I would say, yeah. I did a night in there when I tried it out, and basically, oh, I did the hooligan first. I think that's the way around it was. I did the hooligan first, and there's plenty of jokes landing, but it's not quite there yet, right? And I've laid all my little clues that there's something deeper yeah. going on, and he's never seen his dad. And then I come out as the dad, which I still think was like. Theoretically, it was like the the bones of a decent and funny character. Yeah. Because he was just like I've met many a person like him ever before and since, who is basically yeah. and and sadly it's what my my dad kind of ended up with, which is like, uh, never seeing his kids, but being in a pub all the time, being the one that is has the wacky t-shirts and makes everyone laugh and, yeah, but but is a bit of a drunk, right? So that that was intriguing to me. The, uh, and, and having lived in a pub as well, you you know, every pub's got two or three regulars. Oh, here he is, hello, Ken. And it's like, you know that they've got, like, something yeah. just that's absolutely killing them. But they wear, yeah. like, a sort of jaunty... They'll wear, like, a San Miguel T-shirt that says, like, consume with passion. Yeah. Or, I've spent or, a lot of... Yeah. yeah, I've spent a lot of years working in hospitality. So, again, yeah, I yeah. know exactly. I remember one person. guy in a pub... And, and, and whenever I see one of these types, I would try and remember it and like write down, oh, look, look, that's a really good detail for one of these kind of like person who's run away from his kids characters. And uh, he had a he had a T-shirt on that said, shut the fuck up on it. 
<laughs> and it's just like the pride with which that t-shirt is worn and actually the irony with which it's what everybody thinks about them yeah 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 it's amazing that yeah so yeah i love um, i love that that was always for me as a as a writer trying to do character whether it was for someone else's stuff or when i was going i need to yeah. like prove that i can do it trying to be all it's clever hard and theatrical when you're close to it like mm. I still find it really difficult to write stand-up about my parents. Mm -hmm. You know, some people use them as such, like, kind of yeah. shorthand comic comic characters in their stand-up. Yeah, I know. They're it's, all, like, really, really bold the I way they do it. Like, Greg Davis does I, it well, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, and that they're able to create... They're able to mould their real parents foibles into these mm. very clear kind of comic characters but i just find i can't get enough distance i can't yeah. you know when i tell people stories about the mad things my parents have done they're like mm. you should do this on stage and yeah. i'm like i can't it feels too it the dangerous yes exactly uh it feels too raw it feels like i'm telling i don't i want to protect myself from the audience i don't want to do you know what i mean it's like i think comedy is always a, there's always a tricky area of comedy where you're you're too yourself you're too raw i think the audience as well they shy away from that they, they like it to be that you're in control of this yeah narrative. yeah yeah like certainly if you yeah if you want it's like that fine line what you're saying between uh because the idea i had was border like it was a one it would have been a one-man show but in a way it would have mm. been trying to be clever enough that it felt slightly theatrical right but it stopped short of calling it a play if i think about and i i you know i, I can channel my mum brilliantly right anytime yeah and i think it would go down well the same way that like Catherine tate does a nan or whatever where you just take them on and it's just like go for it i reckon i could do that but the fear of uh it being raw isn't something i've not even thought about whether the audience is comfortable with it it's more like that's what i think i think that's the stumbling block mm that you might have come up against that you hadn't even realised is I think the audience can sense when you don't have enough comic uh, distance from something. I think I know what you're saying because when I did, when I came out and did The Dad in the second half, it felt like people were looking at their hands because they were, yeah, sad, cause they because, were sad for yeah, me. Exactly. And it's, it's <laughs> and them going, going guys, these are jokes, guys. I'd, but it's them going they need to know you need to be you need to be confident enough and have enough distance from it and in your in your even if it's if that's in your delivery to let them know i am okay this is fine and if you don't do that i think people find it really difficult to watch and like especially to laugh at because they're like is he okay? we don't know if he's okay yes and i'm not that's not a criticism no. of you i'm saying i can't it feels I like we were at the gig <laughs> Hey, was it you that slammed that door on the way out? No, no, I just know it because I've, I've, you know, that's, I think, the reason why I can, I, I just instinctively shy away from writing that stuff about my parents because I just, yeah. Can't See, I love tragic comedy, right? So, like, really, yeah. bullseye for me. I know we're going back a bit here, but bullseye tonally, even though it doesn't have to be quite this dark, but the honesty of human remains and then um yeah 
oh god what am i thinking of marion and jeff when that first came out like that was like yes but wow this is what i'm saying is you can do that stuff but you're not ever watching that stuff going is julia davis okay you're right and rob bryden is the the, the joke with marion and jeff and this to be fair i was probably trying to do this was that the person what they're saying and how how right everything is and how like like how happy pub t-shirt guy is is undercut by the content of what he's saying versus because yeah. i did i had a version of a character actually that was probably in the same vein a few years earlier and he was called ralph and he was basically like i didn't want to do like a homeless person but he was definitely guy that lives in lodgings that drinks drinks a can of lager on the bus next to you and then starts talking to you and you just don't want to be there right mm-hmm. but because i had a few com- i had a few incidences having moved to london where i think there might have even been one guy i saw a couple of times and he his his point of view on that tube in the morning was look at all these miserable sods and yet he was the one sat drinking a can of lager on the tube train at eight in the morning and he thought we were a load of robots who just given up and like we're all just going to our little computers and all that. And I thought yeah. it was a really interesting. He was that really chirpy. So I did him a few times on stage, and that 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 pretty much worked actually. That went well. But I never, like I said, I always did it for a bit. And then one day I did a gig somewhere in uh, near London Bridge. Can't remember what the venue was. Uh, and Graham Fellows, aka John Shuttleworth was on the front row right and i just was like shit like at this point in my life he is you know he's like i know he's very lo-fi very particular flavor but to me he was like fucking champagne of of subtle character writing and that's what i was trying to emulate and he was just there in front of me and uh i came on and did the act and it went all right you know like but it was still fairly raw and as the jokes were probably a bit obvious at that point but after it I was just all I wanted was for him to come over and say, "Hey, you know, that was good." And I felt like I, I really worked hard at, at making him notice that I was there to because I wanted to just say something to him, but also I was scared of him just being I'm not not even noticing because that would have meant he didn't think I was worthy of saying, "Oh yeah, well done" or whatever. Anyway, yeah. eventually he did talk to me, and what he said was bang on because he was he was generous but i know i know he was basically saying this isn't there yet what he said was he said he goes um he goes oh you were the he said you were the tramp weren't you and i was like oh he's not technically a tramp but he was like yeah you were the tramp weren't you and he goes he goes yeah you know like he goes i've got to say your confidence is supreme and that really lifted me but i also knew that he was saying but now, Your like the stuff, is good, but the material needs work. The stuff needs yeah. to be better, is what he was saying. But he was saying it yeah. in a very kind way. And then he tried to think of a joke for him. He said, "Look for the humanity in the in the. Look for the humanity in the character." He goes like, you know, he goes like, uh, he's the. I think he's the sort of guy that would say. Uh, I remember it. I remember very clearly. He gave me a joke. He said, uh, "He's the sort of guy that would say, uh, hey, do you know that Noel Gallagher?" I held his pint once. <laughs> yeah. Right? Nice. And he, he literally just came up with that joke off the top of his head and sort of said, that's the sort of stuff this guy should be saying. And although it was like a sign that I didn't really 
hadn't really figured out what this was yet. It was a real lovely moment in hearing someone properly good fucking know what to do. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that's a nice, nice memory. But I'd still then go off and shit it and then think, oh, maybe that character's no good. Yeah, I've been a bit of a pussy with live comedy, to be honest. Yeah, but I think that's, I mean, it's also, I think it's a very um, healthy um, quality that you can recognise. Oh, that was, I found that process quite torturous. Yes. Didn't have the requisite kind of stubbornness and uh, resilience not resilience but like do you know what i mean that I do, kind of because yeah. i i literally all the time i'm just like why am i doing this yeah 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 it's stand up especially or or yeah like solo character comedy it's just like wow i'd like to this day anyone expect best because i love characters specifically and i see anyone getting up and do their thing and it broadly works and just sit there going wow but also yeah. still t- massively tinged with jealousy like when i go and watch colin do yeah, Anna man I've i'm just never... like wow but i've never um i've always i've just never been like drawn to character like for me it's sort mm. of as an absurd as an i've had people say to me oh you should do character like mm. that's what you should do because you're an actress and you're quite a big performer and that lends mm-hmm. itself well to character comedy. But I just really, it doesn't, it's not something that I naturally gravitate towards writing or yeah, performing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, I, I think it's a very particular... When I think about it now, you know, after all these years doing this, I feel like if I did go back and wanted to write characters, it would probably have to be in the form of more like a play because... I'd, yeah. I'd miss the fact I think dialogue is a very fucking useful thing to keep things moving instead of trying to yeah. like row to each joke uh, that's, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's a hell of a fucking thing to be able to pull or have off. to kind of confri- contrive the thing with character comedy is you sort of every time have to contrive a reason why you are standing there directly addressing the audience yeah, yeah that's absolutely true whereas if true, you're doing yeah. a play you can have a fourth wall really and no one's gonna be like oh this is weird yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, at some point, I think I'm pretty sure there is a project in me that does need to mine a load of stuff, like really intense stuff about like parents. Yeah. But yeah, it would be it, the only way it can exist is so no, no holds barred that it ends yeah, up like but, fucking but EastEnders Christmas place, special, you know. But I think also it has to like come from a place where you mm-hmm. feel like as a person as mm-hmm. a person have processed it in order yeah. to get enough distance to like just not sort of emotionally vomit on the stage oh yeah yeah you've got to have you've got to have processed things to a degree where you can take this thing to a conclusion that means that the audience go home understanding something not just yeah that man is in pain <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I don't think I knew that back then, and 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 apart from anything else, because I'd be trying to like, I was just thinking, how do you do human remains or whatever? And I'd be trying to write this stuff. The early versions of it, you're trying it in front of an audience, and I'm killing myself about trying to remember it, and then just being stressed about that I'm not very good at learning lines and whatever. Yeah. And then and then years later, when I'm sort of hanging around a bit more like backstage or going to moth club or whatever and my other mates are doing it and I'm 
specifically watching Cardinal Burns when they were going, right, when we go out there and we do this and we'll be these two guys, like, why don't we just do this bit where we riff this and do this and blah, and then we'll get into the da-da-da. And I was like, oh, you're allowed to enjoy yourself. And it, yeah. it took me all those years, especially because I was doing it on my own and probably like beating myself up during the writing process and then the journey to the gig. But I, if I could go back in time, if I could turn back time, I would probably collaborate with someone to, well, to, to get some fun because, stuff happening. Yeah, but yeah. I'd say even collaboration, there is a torturous process yeah. that leads towards an end product where you can have fun together mm. on stage. Yeah. Because comedy's fucking hard to mm. write yeah. you have to write loads of stuff that doesn't work before you find that magic formula within a sketch or within characters mm. where it becomes easy to make people laugh but getting to that can be really can be really hard i think actually just remembered and this this didn't last that long i think it was like a couple of years when i was trying to make a bit of an effort and it was actually me and jess ransom did a few bits together live yeah lovely and uh that was down at do you remember the albany yeah oh do i <laughs> do, did, did you did you um perform there during that like probably six months to a year long period where the toilets would regularly downstairs would regularly flood oh my god but they would not cancel the gig oh my god so there I, would be like the toilets were at the back of, weren't they yeah, and there would be basically sewage water <laughs> creeping closer to the stage. But because obviously it was like a kind of, you know, fringe venue, yeah. audience attendance was not often high. So yeah, you could yeah. normally sort of get away with it. But the stink, oh, oh, you're, you're trying to do gross. comedy and be like, we're literally being heckled by the stink of shit. <laughs> I, remember, I do remember it honking occasionally but i don't think it's i ever had to like I, I don't remember having to wear like armbands <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's I, I miss those days like i wish i wish that i'd have had longer to sort out my uh i know it sounds like you're not allowed to do it i just don't do it now because it feels like it'd be embarrassing to to think i'll try and get back on that horse at this age because this I is what i'm that's... saying about 2015, I went up there with this half-baked... I've now killed off the dad character, and I'm just doing half an hour of a football hooligan. And it's fine. The act kind of works and got plenty of laughs. And it was, you know, in a, in a small, damp room with, like, no more than 20, 30 people in it. But um, I... Uh, all the way through that month, I was going, why have you come here? All these people are just a bit younger than you. You've got, like, a baby at home that's missing you. And uh, you not you're not that confident in what you're doing, and it's you know there's mushrooms growing on the walls, and it, yeah, I just felt it was again it was all in my head, it exhausted worrying about it and whether or not anyone thought I was any good, exhausted me so much that I think I actually, I've only been in two like what felt like proper depressions, and one of them was at, straight after that Edinburgh for about a I month. Think a lot of- I think a lot of comedians will absolutely identify like they yeah, would, like a little sinkhole, right? And I have, you know, I've never done the fringe as a stand-up, right. and I've beaten myself up for years. Why, why, you know, hmm. why don't you just do it? Why, you know, and but and I know it's, you know, it yes, it is fear, but but it's also a knowledge that like 
yeah, I know how difficult mm. emotionally and mm. the pressure of that. I, I know what that does to my mental health when I'm in a group. Yeah. So I just think, Maybe yes, okay. Probably you're letting yourself lot, not you know, 50%, suffer. Yeah, 50% of it is just me being scared and, and, you know, not doing it because I'm I'm scared to kind of, I guess, like mm. put myself out there in comparison to my peers. Mm. But 50% of it is is just like, why would, is like self-protection. Self-care, it's yeah. like, why, why would I put myself through that when it's not, I think it's, it, I think, I think, I think we're sort of lucky in that, we were able to establish ourselves vaguely within the industry at a time when Edinburgh wasn't quite so financially crippling. Yeah. You know, so I think now, you know, of course, I'm sure if I'd have done a stand-up hour and really worked hard on it and it had gone well, of course that would have furthered my career. But at what cost? And I now I kind of think actually I don't know if I need to do that. Yeah. So if I don't need to, yeah. Do I want to? And the yeah. answer is no. The answer is if there are places I want to get to as a performer, as a stand up, as a mm. you know whatever, there will be other ways of getting there. That, well, I guess that that's what I told myself as well. But uh, I don't think you know. I don't think I. Uh, tried hard enough to show people that I can perform and as a result I've done some bits and I'm proud of those bits but it just felt like I could have could have tried a bit harder but you're right you shouldn't beat yourself up especially if if uh you found it draining and all that it's like as I I, I had a there's a moment I think whether it's on my podcast or on Matt Morgan's because we we swap over a little bit uh, yeah. where we were talking oh yeah it was it was Matt I was talking to where he was talking about the stress of feeling bad about whether he should do something or not and whether he should commit to that and then da 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 and whatever just like that that anxiety ball you get yourself into and it could be about anything that you're now like oh god that's in the diary and I don't really want to do it yeah, and then yeah. I remembered when we were having that conversation that I was given a piece of advice that my, my listeners will remember this because it was only a few weeks ago and it was that this therapist says to me one day when you're trying to work out whether or not you should do that thing or cancel that thing uh the question you should ask yourself is will doing that thing nourish me or will it exhaust me Mm. and then when when you you know you just think about it you'll think yeah i'm gonna like go in a mood not enjoy it come home in a mood be knackered but just be glad it's over with that's like something you just shouldn't have gone and done i think my problem with that theory is i wouldn't do anything because i would think everything would just exhaust me yeah that's that (laughs) yeah yeah i mean and actually i would say there have been things recently Mm -hmm. where the thought of doing it you know those black holes in your diary where you're like i said Mm -hmm. yes to this so long ago and now it's coming and i hate yeah. the past me that agreed to it yeah yeah there have been things recently where i have just thought oh i am exhausted at the thought of doing this i would give any i just wish i wasn't doing it yeah where then actually the thing has nourished me so That's i think true, i'm you know. too i think i'm too poor a judge of what will and will not nourish me i think i do you see what i mean i think yeah. i i think i i have a 
I'm a I'm a catastrophizer and a sort of pessimist by nature, so I always assume that you know what I mean. Things but are there's a be little trade off. There's a little trade off where there's a difference between I genuinely not really asked about that thing and like those people or whatever right, it is. Yeah. But say on Friday night, I could have done without going into London, especially because I'm fucking skint. But it was my mate. Yeah. You know Nat Saunders, writer. Yeah. So it was Nat's birthday. He'd named a bar. None of us fucking end up in a bar anymore. That's like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, with it, with or without the pandemic, it's just like not happening. So I was like, I'm going to have to be there because there's going to be some faces there that will just like, it'll be so ace, even if you only say hello over loud music. Uh, yeah. And surely enough, like by the time I got there and like with, by about nine o'clock, like it ended, well, the night ended with me literally having one of those taxi drivers got to drive, break the speed limit to get you to the last train on time <laughs> because I just could, didn't want to leave because yeah, it was just so ended, ace yeah. but y- so, yeah. Uh, yeah I see I see what you mean where you think actually when I visualize doing that specific activity <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna get something out of it and actually I think with the things that I'm thinking about yeah if I if I isolated that activity it was like yeah yeah that that's you know that's an exciting thing to be doing i think it's going to be interesting it's just for me always the prospect of actually having to do some anything anything yeah i know i mean i think that creeps <laughs> just, up i think I'll, i'm yeah. i'm obviously older than you and we don't need to we don't need to do birth dates if that's even though you're the birthday girls <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um without a doubt like the the most pleasurable thing that can possibly happen to you after 40 is is someone cancelling a thing and you oh yeah what better dream i've got like a long-standing i've got this dinner commitment with two of my mates yeah and we just it's like this ritual where we put it in the diary yeah someone cancels it and then we put it in the diary for three weeks again and then like two days before that someone else cancels it and honestly bliss yeah is it is it it is that cook cook is that like you know um come dine with me or restaurant yeah exactly yeah yeah so it would even it's and the thing is we we live within half an hour door to door of each other it's not hard it's just there's nothing more blissful than being like oh "Oh, actually you don't have to leave leave your house yeah actually the the version of that that i have at the moment and it's not it's not great if i'm honest but me and matt morgan try to do i try to do a podcast every week he tries to do a podcast every week and it really helps him out over the month if I if I'm definitely up for doing say two right, and and it's not exactly it's not exactly tab, uh, you know diarized, but I know I'm doing two a month and then but what will yeah. happen is, like, th- th- this we've done on time, but yesterday I recorded a solo one, that I really should have recorded last Wednesday, but <laughs> I I wasn't there and that I, I I kind of exhausted and slumped my way through a couple of days and went I'll do it on the weekend but then I couldn't I was going up north and I yeah, went and yeah. I was as again like I was out on that Friday night but that was like guilt podcast guilt but it's like no I have to go to that there's like a bunch of people I'm not seen in like fucking eight years yeah so so I've done one yesterday and I've done one today but yeah we we regularly say right Matt will go um right can you do a podcast on Sunday night and I'll go perfect and then uh, just five minutes before, I'll be like, are you sure we need to do it now? And I'll be like, <laughs> as soon as he says, 
will it be a disaster if we don't do this in five minutes? Like, it's like I just shut the steel shutters and go, yep, no, you're absolutely right. We shouldn't do it now. Goodbye. Okay, yeah. So I'm different <laughs> to you in that that would piss me off. It if does. I've made a commitment with somebody that's like, yeah, that isn't just social, mm-hmm. I would be pissed off. I'd be like, no, we've said we're going to do it. And I've like set aside time. But we're both as bad as each other, so I do right, get angry, yeah, but I can't. Fine. I can't really throw accusations around, right? So basically, the, the, how it would go would be, what about Monday morning instead? And I'd be like, well, I've got stuff to do, and it's like, yeah, uh, I can do Tuesday night. Oh, I don't know if I can do it on Tuesday night. Should we do it next Friday? And then it ends up being like a really rude lag of uh, episodic, you know silence between the, I don't know what, what episodic silence is <laughs> I just fucking made that up I liked it yeah well it's I sounded briefly like I knew what I was on about there didn't I yeah what we call in the podcast game episodic silence <laughs> but uh I do have to sometimes say no no we're doing it you've this is like the second night you've bumped it I'm here I can't do it I'm not available now until next week we we ha- and he's like are you sure I'm like no come on put the mic on go and wash your face the other week we actually did it in the middle of a podcast where we go right let's have a little wee break and and then uh I was like right okay and he was like that I've fallen asleep <laughs> I was oh. like, no, I'm sitting at my desk behind a microphone. No, how have you fallen asleep? Because he's just like, we've gone right. I'll see you. I'll see you in five minutes, and he's just gone, you know, like stepped away from his desk and just sort of lay on the floor with your with your hands like praying oh. on your chest. And then you're like, yeah, no, like, I think like I need, a vampire. I think I need a two hour sleep now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like wake up. And he's oh, like, man, I no, honestly I don't. I honestly don't think I can do it. And that we have a little argument, and then we get back on it. Well, that's it. As long as you can actually have just, as long as you can just have a little argument and be like, yeah, yeah. and then air it and then crack on. Yeah, it's it's what like you don't a... want is what you don't want is simmering past that tension. No, no, we 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 bicker slowly... at each other. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, I mean, literally, occasionally one of us will snap a bit, and it'll be a bit embarrassing, especially because Matt Matt's Matt's quite uh, loose with his editing. So the other week, I... Oh, so he'll keep it in? Fucking... Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. No. I know, right? But I know there's no point me going, right, let's have a conversation. Let's not do that again, because it just won't fucking happen. Because, like, the the people that listen to his podcast, they know what they're getting. This man who's he's sort of like Victor Meldrew-esque, tired, put upon, moaning, but it's sort of part of the charm of it. So then when he's like whatever he bit my head off or cut me off and then i'm like mate i'm i'm talking and he'll go no you know you're doing it and i'll go right do you know what i'm going for a piss i stropped off to the <laughs> toilet and i'm on the toilet going like right, now i've got a, yeah fuming but going there's no I've point arguing with him so i come yeah. back and i'm just like right i'm back but still sort of like basically that's what my mum sounds like when she's in a mood yeah right what sorry you were saying but still sort of a bit <laughs> bit quite haughty. But yeah. to his credit, he just didn't break step and went, yeah, so what I was saying was blah, 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 blah. So like, while he's talking, the fact that the, the way he resumed the conversation was he was not rattled by me flouncing off. 
I could then literally feel the adrenaline draining from me, like oh, yeah, like, like because it, it's like that person hasn't matched your. He's let me be energy. They a just, little like, bitch. They've almost just deflated <laughs> that balloon. Yeah. He let me be a flouncy Life little le- bitch, and I just Life thought, lessons. I thought, a oh, fair play, man, because then, then uh, I calmed down and I was like back in sensible newsreader speak, but but then that the, he had the revenge because then I listened into the episode and it's like. You left me going for a piss in a mood in, and he was like, "Oh yeah." Just... Can you hear you pissing? <laughs> Not quite, but but like, if you could, he probably wouldn't get rid of that, and that's that's where we're at in that relationship. Crikey, you need to set some boundaries there. Well, you you try, but we, when we do try and set boundaries, they happen on air during an argument. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And then everyone what if loves the boundaries. That? Need to be don't no more setting boundaries live on air. That's the first boundary. (laughs) But weirdly, it's like it doesn't happen very... It did happen quite a bit to start with because we're both loosely using the term ADHD because we both think we are. He's he's diagnosed, I'm not. But I think both of us interrupt and then keep going. But I know I do that. And with you, for example... I would sort of apologise and say, look, I've just prattled on for 10 minutes. Never apologise to me for interrupting. I am, that's one of my worst traits. Right, yeah. Is I am a chronic interrupter. You are, so you I, are I definitely don't, a, never mind if, let's call it, um, what's the word, when you are um, impulsive. Yeah. Right? I yes. think that's the word, that's the real word for comic types who've got that. Oh yeah, because da 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 Now, I personally think that even though that's definitely something I'm guilty of, I think it's only really Matt that gets wound up at me because with it. But the irony of that is that he massively does it. So occasionally that that, yeah. in, that injustice will turn into almost like little brother and big brother having a that is so not fair because he does it all the time kind of little <laughs> bitchy little row that we have. And at yeah. one point there was people messaging saying, hey guys, like stop fucking arguing on camera because we're... We 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 all we're all like upset, <laughs> like 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 mum and dad have an argument but in the listen, car. Listen, this and... <laughs> is coming back to what we were talking about. They're they're, they're like they're not sure that you two are okay. Yes. they're like we want to we want to enjoy their their banter and their you mm. know, but when we listen, yeah, we're what we feel worried about the real people. So what? Yeah. yeah. So I think we we have got is. better at it, but uh, there's more understanding. I know now that. It genuinely winds him up when he's got a thought. Some of his thoughts, if I, if I just said to you and then we had this omelette and you went, oh, I have to tell you this story. That might be 20 minutes that he, <laughs> he's he got he's got a perfectly formed yeah. sort of novella. Omelette anecdote. Oh, shit. And you can't... You <laughs> there's can't, no way in. There's no opening. There's no opening for you in that. But I know yeah. now that it's not worth trying to go... Yeah, which reminds me, because he'll go, I have not finished yet. <laughs> it's so oh. ridiculous. But we love each other, so it's a very tender well, relationship as well. That's you know? good. That's nice. Very tender man. So how like you three? I wrote once. Oh, really? What was that? Huh? What was that? Mr. Winner. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was great very fun. Very briefly. Yeah. yeah, I had really fun. He was really nice. Yeah. How are we three? Yeah, good. We've just started recording our podcast again, actually. We had like a little break because we we were like, when we started doing the latest series, which our podcast is called Birthday Girls House Party, by the way. Yeah. Listen, it's Lots very silly. Fun. 
lots of fun um but when we started recording our last series we we sort of said to each other we'll probably do about aim to do about 12 12 episodes you know weekly episodes then have a break and then we suddenly realized our producer was like you're on episode 27 and we were like yeah okay all uh, right what well, you haven't had a break a, yeah we'd not had a break i'm jealous that you've got so, a producer well you can have a producer too if you pay them yeah that's the thing you need it to be popular enough to be able to pay someone yeah how long so i'll ask well, you a question then because obviously you mm. you guys are like uh established edinburgh and kind of scenesters right so oh, how we, long did I th- it i don't think so anymore i think we're past it i think we're edinburgh veterans now all right edinburgh veterans but with yeah, well-established poddles right mm. so how long do you think it took you to take your podcast up to the point where it's like oh it's totally worth doing because now it's like a, a little world see, of its own see ours is a is not a good mm. model to look at because we started off doing it through bbc sounds ah, right. so they produced it well yeah. they didn't produce it but they you yeah. know they financed it all right and then we when they stopped making it with us we went to a different production company who bankrolled it right and then it wasn't quite frankly wasn't uh, successful enough right so then we started producing it ourselves mm-hmm. and we set up a patreon and then it probably took like and i, I think no we or maybe we like started producing it or maybe we we got a producer and started a patreon and would like let's just we'll we'll put we'll bankroll this ourselves for a while until mm-hmm. we make enough money to pay the producer mm-hmm. but then that didn't happen we were like we're hemorrhaging money here right. so then we started producing it ourselves mm-hmm. and then gradually the patreon built up yeah oh, so that now good. we can afford a producer but so i couldn't really say because yeah, yeah. ours is an artificial do you know what i mean it didn't start we didn't start it ourselves from nothing well it's probably a good thing that you got that start because that's like a nice little turbo boost yeah isn't it? exactly yeah. um but i mean yeah it's i've never we... i've never tried to be be honest apart put the odd little instagram post up i've got no no fucking profile anyway I've not made any effort to try and grow this particular podcast, not least because it hasn't yeah. really got a proper idea behind it. And I think <laughs> I think that the the uh, I have other ideas and other plans in the future where it'd be much more strategic. Yeah. But but because I love doing this so much, I do ask myself, is there stuff I could be doing? that would at least mean that you're giving yourself a chance of upping your numbers a little bit with little clips I've got, and TikTok I mean, again, and whatever. Again, you are talking to the wrong person. I do not know. I'm so mm. bad at all of that kind of engagement, growth. All those things immediately just make me go want to go and like hide under the bed. So, so, is any of your, your little group like the, the more... Uh, have you got different skill sets where one of you's like mm. BT is and... quite good at that kind of thing, mm. but she doesn't have the uh, sort of um, long-term commitment and attention span to sort of yeah yeah take it's that tough. on. You know, it's so like she's really good, but she's really good at just anything technical and kind of social media y, you know. Yeah, that's good. So we do put clips up on Instagram and stuff, but yeah, I, yeah. I see these other podcasts that do it really like professionally and I just think, oh nah. No, I really wish no. I wanna be that guy. I wanna take the pill that makes you that guy. I think it's called being twenty years younger, Nico. Hey, come on. 
Sorry to say. <laughs> not, no, but I'm including myself in that. No. I, I'm not on TikTok. Well, you know, yeah, I agree with you, except what I've been learning more deeply about the podcast world, uh, I've got my eye on a sort of idea that is involving other people almost trying to head towards getting a business going where shows are pitched and branded stuff and all the rest of it. So, like, a bit grown up. Uh, it feels like as I head towards that idea and the people that we're talking to, it's like it's just a no-brainer for those people in that universe who, like, got production companies and, like, podcast studios and stuff like that, that it's a no-brainer that that is what you've got to do to promote a podcast. So, although I agree with you as yeah. a performer going... Oh, just being that person that's constantly putting a wig on and doing stuff every day and whatever. I'm not going to be that person. But I realize that, uh, yeah, if you're going to, if you're actually trying to say, like, I want to, like, produce something and then it's a product, you basically do need to market it. So I think by by hook or crook, I'm going to Im be improving my marketing game over the next two years. That's my pledge. Oh, that's good. Live mm. on the pod. Well, yeah, it's not, and it won't just be to do with my pod. I think this, I'll, if I'd like to keep this going forever, but this is my little community of lovely darlings who have been there from the yeah. start, and they and I get lovely feedback, and you get people telling you stuff about themselves, and it just feels just like warm nice. and lovely. So it doesn't yeah. have to grow really, but uh, yeah, like I said, subsequently I'm rubbing my hands going. Hmm, I've got a good idea for something that actually would be a good podcast that would be more yeah, commercial, and, I mean, and that's like different. Yeah, it's a, it's and, the, totally and then it, I think then it is a good idea to mm. like have some of that at least knowledge or an action plan of how to yeah play the game, it or or just like shop it around mm. um, different production companies and see if you can get someone else to do that for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I must say I do love the idea of having a producer. I, I can just about handle garage band and editing and sticking a photo on it and putting a little bit of music on and all that yeah but, uh i would love to be working with uh in the same way that before when when you were talking to me about the idea i had for a live comedy show i just was like oh i want to press pause and rewind now and go back and now you're my director and we'll figure it because <laughs> you sounded well, like I you knew what was going on that. do you yeah, I do do direct comedy. Right. Uh, well, here is my pledge: if I no. ever, if I ever take the leap of trying to put together a a, a play or a, or a one person monologue -y thing, I would one hundred percent come to you for uh, to see if you're interested in helping to shape it. That's very flattering. Thank you. Well, you may I keep the know. compliment. I don't know. I feel like I'm t I'm talking. Um, I'm one of. I'm a person that very much talks with absolute conviction but with no nah, 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 you know what not you're doing really the chops to back it up so i wouldn't trust me you can't say that as your sales or, pitch though, don't don't i was going to say don't actually say don't actually um share that knowledge with the people that i'm currently directing fred <laughs> if they're yeah. listening girls yeah. i know exactly a, what i'm doing just and a bit of fun. everything's going to be fine but the thing is, I think that's the point with this industry is no one really knows what they're doing. It's not like there's a comedy direct live comedy directing yeah. fucking degree that no. everyone's gone and done. No, it, it, everyone's winging it. Yeah, it's a it's relationship. Like you're paying somebody because you you appreciate, you just appreciate their viewpoint. You think. Yeah, and then you figure out together which bits you agree with and yeah. disagree with, and you compromise, and then that 
that's the show and and then you you do you do it in front of people and and then you you have to hold your hand up to what bits aren't working and try and just you're sort of like maintaining yeah. a sort and, of vehicle I mean, that's the thing you sort of and, and and you just need a sounding board to do that off really yeah. it's as much saying to questioning people as it is giving them the solutions you know what i mean like i must it's say it's very difficult to get that bird's eye view on your own work like i can't do it for myself I need help when I'm doing a, my own show. I can't use, apply those same skills yeah. that I can, that allow me to help some sort somebody else's show structure out. I can't do that. See, I'm good on, on script world. In script world, if you came to me and went, oh, I've got an idea, I'm sure you're perfectly capable of it yourself. But if you just happen to come to me and say, I think I've got a really good idea for a setup for a sitcom or for a drama and like, or a movie idea or whatever. Uh, and then I got involved and was like seeing where you were up to so far. I will be passionately uh, opinionated about the what ifs of how great this could be and what needs to happen structurally for it to and what yeah, theme it could be. And like, there's another layer of this that's missing. And if we yeah, introduce yeah, that, yeah. now we've got that. But that, I, I would argue that that I is a much that. more financially lucrative skill to have. Well, if you want to have a quick look at my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ask you for to, for cash Money? up front today. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know how this works, That's, but it's sort of that, a. Oh, is that has that what been what this hour yeah, so far has been? Yeah, Just a, a really slow build up to you being like, can you transfer me some money? Yeah, you're on. You're on sixty four pounds and thirty two, thirty three, thirty four pence. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it I mean you're up quickly, doesn't it? Theoretically, you're right. It, it, you know, uh, but like I think no one's having, not many people are having a great time in the TV comedy world at the moment in terms of. Well, no, because everything keeps getting cancelled. Yeah, there's, there's there's fucking not a lot happening. So uh, I am deeply in love with podcast universe, but I I do wonder if like at some point I might think right there's the year when i'm gonna tackle scratch that itch and finally do like a live thing that i'm proud mm. of so i was chatting to a friend of mine who i've had on as a guest a few times because he's a sort of a tv director and he's a, an old flatmate of mine and i'd call connor morrissey uh who shoots a lot of soap stuff at the moment over here like eastenders yeah. and whatever but he's yeah he was my buddy that i lived with 20 odd years ago and he's still like when we when we, when we meet up for a beer he is still trying to say look you could fucking do you could do a really good hour like and and he's like it, like it winds him up a bit that i've not been brave enough to nail it so, but i was i was saying yeah, to him yeah it just means you're not ready i feel like you'll know you'll yeah but you'll the thing that came out idea wise the thing that came out like over a few pints in the old uh, nelly dean on you know near soho theater yeah. the other week was like but my my attitude would be like if I was to go out there and tell a bunch of stories and be more stand-up-y, not like character-y, uh, I feel like it's almost like my attitude to doing that is such like, look, what's happened is things haven't gone as well as I thought they would that meant that I don't really do stand-up anymore or I don't need to do stand-up or, or I've got yeah. too old for it. And now it's almost like coming out from the straight out the gate, basically angry that, that you're here at all, that this, this shouldn't be happening. My, my life yeah that's not a good attitude yeah exactly right. out on stage mm. yeah but i also would say that's all completely pointless like an audience like no one is thinking that apart from you and genuinely like none of that matters loads of people like sarah millican didn't start doing stand-up till she was in her 40s like yeah, yeah. 
I think all of that, I think all of that noise mm. is bullshit. Mm-hmm. I just think, I don't think you need to, all of these things, these things that you're saying, that's just, they're all just completely self-manufactured. Yeah, you're right. That's that's a really good word blocks. for it. Actually, all of that is, no one gives a shit. Yeah, it's No that. one gives a shit about like, if you've done it before, if you're coming back to it. And really, you shouldn't either. What you should think is... That's overthink, isn't it? Does the thought of doing this... Yes. Exhaust me? Hello. Or delight me? Was it delight? Nourish, but delight's fine. Nearly nearly nailed that, didn't I? You're absolutely right. You don't need to bring all that baggage with you. Like, you just need Mm. to think, do I want to do it now? Because all that other stuff is just noise, doesn't matter. <laughs> it's quite a funny image. You've just made me think that probably once too many times when I was trying to figure out what to do on a stage, it would be like, good evening, baggage. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with yeah. that. Yeah. Doesn't mean but I'm not funny, I, does it? But, but that's why a lot of stand-ups, it's like I've definitely gone on stage where it's like if I'm having a bad time self-confidence wise or or like or i'm comparing myself to other people you they can sense that you're bringing that on stage you need to go on stage with the Mm. attitude of like in the nicest possible way Mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck what you think now what's fun here's an interesting question then because uh not trying to trip you up but you you uh do you live with daniel cook I do. Do you or yeah. do you not live with Daniel Cook? <laughs> the, 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 I do. The, the very funny comedian Daniel Cook, right? Yeah. Now, when I, I first saw him on stage, I loved that it was like, you know, he's like, at various points, the man is puce with rage. Yeah. Right, and it's very, very funny. His energy on stage is incomprehensible <laughs> when you meet him in person. <laughs> That's great. So, So here's a question then. Yeah. What is the difference? And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. But what? Because you're, you're, you're fucking good at this. The, the, uh, it's like you're into the science of it, right? And you've got it. You've, you've got. <laughs> yeah. You've got, I'm good at the science of it. Yeah, you're like the CIA. Practice of actually doing stand up. Well, no, you're not. Come on. Thanks. But when, when, when Daniel is coming out and going, basically doing, you know, John Cleese rage when he batters the car with the branch, which is the mood. Yes. I, I feel like I'm yes. in that mood a lot in life, right, on my own. Yes. Not not really to other people, but I wind yeah. myself up on a daily basis. As soon as I've left the house and that turned the key, Me that's too. that's when I rea- yeah. that's when I'm I realise that my fucking headphones are in the house and I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. And yeah. so all of that stuff and the kind of those backstory things like family yeah. stuff or being a you know the abandoned child and all that. And I think that's all material, right? Now I never worked out how to do that, but then when I see Daniel come on stage and go into an apoplectic rage about a, a piece that he's talking about I might yeah. have wrongly wondered like how am I getting that wrong and he's doing that really well but what would you say is the scientific uh, equation What's the question? of what... why why can he harness why is that he in a better way than me doesn't... why are you two you mean... so clever <laughs> do you mean why does he why can he do that in a way that doesn't make the audience uneasy yes like... how's how's that not like well okay. is this guy all right or not because it's a it's very clearly like a carrick his that 
that persona that he's yeah. doing on stage is so overblown and right. apoplectic yeah, yeah, that yeah. it is clearly a character. It is the character of Daniel Cook, the stand-up. Yeah, you're right. It's someone it's, in it that is, mood. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. He is playing a man tormented by yeah. a spatula. You know, yeah. it is not... You don't believe that he actually is having a breakdown and losing yeah. his mind mm. because is that what people say it's about the me? use of hyperbole. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but it's the use of hyperbole yeah, there, yeah. I think, with that act. It, and also because he doesn't do that all the way through the set. Okay, he does it for a mm. lot of the set, mm. but he also peaks and troughs. Knows to, he can slow down and he can he can use pace and tone in a way mm-hmm. that makes you always you always feel with him like he's in control of it even though he's giving the illusion of somebody who is not in control the comic yeah, craft that's really the timing of what he's doing you are like this is a person who is in control because also it's the skill of knowing you feel sort of subconsciously reassured as an audience if you if you are laughing regularly you kind of go okay yeah this person is giving the illusion that they're not in control and they're 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 having a breakdown but this is very considered because i have laughed i have laughed at 10 second intervals throughout this whole thing and that doesn't happen by accident and that and the join up bits when when a thing like that works the join up bits tend to be the person sort of going look look i'm fine and and i and i shouldn't get angry at these things and also, I'm a reasonable person, and da, da, da. and there's like you do all that bit where you reassure everybody. Yeah, the thing is, he doesn't even really do that. Oh, really? He he just, it's more like the, I think it's about I think it's about the writing as well. Mm. It's like I said, if if you can mm. you can give an audience confidence by the strength of the writing as well, just because yeah. it's like I said, it seems like he's out of control and he's a man having a breakdown. But there are very clever sort of mm. punchlines and you know what I mean? Like yeah, beats yeah. within that story that make you realise subtly. You're not sitting there going, oh, yes, this is a very well-crafted comedy routine. But that is the general impression that he gives off mm-hmm. rather than giving off the general impression. If there's if there's not clearly defined beats and laugh points mm-hmm. and it's not clear where the story is going... Mm-hmm you know that's where it's that's where that kind of comedy i've I've seen loads of people do it i've done it where you you go off on like a rant yeah but there's not a clear enough comic angle yeah and and climax and beats yeah that the audience kind of that's when it's uncomfortable where you're yeah, like yeah. Ooh, like you this gotta... sort of just feels real it doesn't feel like a construction you yeah. know and you're not revealing something to us that we go ah ha ha you know exactly yeah, yeah. so do you yeah. do you um do you run stuff by each other or is that like too sacred and weird uh no no we do but it's but it wouldn't be like a whole routine if we're yeah. writing yeah. we would come and run a joke yeah that's, a joke that past sounds, each other that sounds or safe. we would or it's normally like what's the what's what's mm. it will the conversation will normally start with one of us coming into the room and going what's what's something like this so for example yeah. i can't think it's like yeah yeah what's a um you know it, not this but yeah, it would yeah. be like what's the most embarrassing thing you mm-hmm. could be you could like pull out of your bag on a bus yeah do you yeah, know right, it'd be yeah. something like that and then the other yeah. one's like uh 
yeah. will tell me the joke, tell me the context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other right. one will go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what about this or this? Because often it's like, you know the ingredient for the joke that you need, that's but you great. just can't think of the right one. I think that's you know a good what I mean? way of doing like, it because there's not much pressure yeah. on that. Whereas if it's like, what in this half hour that I've written is right and wrong, then it, that it's like you're... That's hard. Yeah, you uh, yeah. end up in a row, right? Yeah, I just feel like as well, it's that same thing of actually the distance. You're almost too close mm. even as partners to yeah. get that distance. Like I remember last year I was... Dan like wanted us, you know. I, I I said to him, do you want, do you want me to like watch a preview and give you some notes? Right. And I did what I normally do, structure wise. And actually, in the end, he was like, I know what you're telling me is mm-hmm. correct, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I just want to do that's very the funniest very twenty minutes at the top. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, like yeah. fine, that's, that's great, fine, though. but that's still a soundboard. Exactly. If you decide yeah. to and, and ignore almost, what the soundboard yeah, yeah, says, yeah, you exactly. You've you know more it. strongly what you the show that you want to do. The show that he wanted to do was a show that first and foremost was like just his best route, like like yeah. just relentlessly funny from the gate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Whereas what I the kind of shows that I make, I would hope they 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 are relentlessly funny from the gate, but they're yeah. I try, my thing is like, I'll make a well-crafted Edinburgh hour, which, yeah. you know what I mean? Those two things, they shouldn't be mutually exclusive, but sometimes a well-crafted Edinburgh hour means breaking up your Club 20. Do you right. see what I mean? So where are you at this point with what's going on live for you? Um, So I am previewing a show, which is basically like... I hope all of my best routines mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, really. Mm-hmm. And my aim, with the kind of vague aim of I want to film it, mm-hmm. not necessarily to put out as a whole special, but just so I've got mm-hmm. the dreaded clips and stuff that I. So just so I can put myself out there as a stand-up yeah, yeah. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. But have I booked a date, Nico? Have I fuck? Right, what I've for, not to booked preview a date. It? Pardon? So you've got previews, but you've not booked the... I've not booked a date to, like, film it. I haven't got a deadline. And we all know, without a deadline, nothing Well, yeah. Um, happens. Is there any Edinburgh stuff happening? For me? Mm-hmm. I'm directing, but I'm not going up there this year. Right. No. I, I, I've made it. I'm not... I'm not I'll, I'll never do a solo show up there. I just really? don't... I just don't want to put myself through it, no. Well, well you know, you've, you've, you've made... It, you know, it's good when you know where you stand with those sort of things. Yeah. What about, do you think in the future there'll be more birthday girl stuff or is it just kind of like slowed Who down, knows? you know, slowed down to a point where you go at some point when we've got energy and time and everyone's stars align, you could sort of like get together and... Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if we did anything live other than live podcast again. Right. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out doing stuff like film stuff we did some really yeah. fun stuff with Stuart laws oh yeah yeah some fun films you can f- find them on youtube birthday girls on tour i'd love to do some more of that yeah. that was really fun right but um but yeah for now it's just the podcast which is great because i think the best thing about us was mm. always that relationship between each other yeah well it's and great so the podcast keep, is keep that great... going that's that's yeah. how it's that's how you've made the band survive sort of distilled yeah yeah and you are you are great together 
Thanks, Nico. And it does it um, does the genuine warmth between you all, but whilst knowing each other well enough that you can point out each other's flaws is really great. So yeah. I, I highly recommend going and listening to a few episodes of Birthday Girls podcast. Um, Birthday Girls House Party, it's called. Just drop name, drop that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you have all sorts of cool guests on. I'm always jealous of your guest list as well because I... I'd, I've not been massively adventurous with who I go after, but now I feel like I'm a little bit... At least my podcast is now out where podcasts are available, as they say. So you feel like you've got a bit of... Yeah, yeah instead of like, oh yeah, there's you. like a hundred and odd people on Patreon. Just ask. People, people, people can always say no or ignore yeah. you. Yeah. And that's fine. It happens to me all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, I... Yeah. Not to... This is not a loaded statement mm-hmm. after our conversation, but I do need a wee. <laughs> so well shall i go for one or sh- or what do you think i think well you know we've been talking for 78 minutes and mm. uh unless you've got something that you want to like wrap up with or anything you want to promote or how bad is the need for this we right now um i'd uh, say it's been there for a while it's got to the point where now <laughs> i was like i am gonna have to say something yeah well, so <laughs> i'm kind of enjoying so, this now though so mm, tension no, no I, I, think... I mean i've got nothing to promote other than the podcast really and and also just like follow me on socials i'm at rose jono and i'll be sort of tweeting i'll be i'll share i'm on twitter and instagram and i'll share you know when i'm doing previews uh so if you do want to come and see me have a have a bash at some stand up i i definitely uh, want to come a along face. so please let me know as well like Would, uh, will do just to hang out as well and you know yeah all that so uh yeah i'd, I'd loved being on your show the other week and it's really you were great you were a fantastic uh, guest oh, thank you very much it was really fun and lovely so thanks for coming on uh, you're welcome thanks for having me um everybody please uh, clap in your own time wherever you are on a bus or in the street for Miss Rose Johnson I'm just taking in that imagined applause really nice and there and there it is and now it's died down <laughs> oh it's short lived wasn't it yeah oh nice one thank you you're welcome thanks so much for having me that was a really nice chat yeah it was we... really nice to just talk in a sort of very low stakes casual way where you don't feel like you have to be like comedy on no exactly because sometimes it'll just end up riffing and dicking around and just telling silly stories it depends who i'm talking to but that it finds its way that was a very natural conversation and this is the the feed sorry to keep you for a sec the feedback i get is people just love honest conversations so okay that's good so i always worry i'm too honest on podcasts no 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 big chef's kiss and i really appreciate your uh, thoughts on live stuff as well Oh, yeah, anytime. Really cool. All right. Well, yeah, good luck with it. And let me know when it comes out and I'll give it a share. Gorgeous. All right, love. Okay, Nico, have a lovely evening. And you. See you in a bit. Take care. Bye. 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 Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I- I'm, I'm one. <laughs>